0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, talking to you today about something we don't discuss very often in this space. Not because it isn't virtual, it is, and certainly not as we'll see in today's video because it doesn't have anything related to legality. But we don't talk about it, I think primarily because it's very difficult to understand. And that topic is cryptocurrency, or more specifically exchanges on which cryptocurrency can be bought Or sold because as of today the federal courts of new york as well as seattle washington we'll talk about that as part of this video as well have put forth what they are calling their first insider trading scheme about cryptocurrency markets and cryptocurrency assets so i pulled up the wall street journal article about this it's going to take us a little bit to understand for the most part The basics of this involve insider trading, as I discussed. And if you're talking about a stock market, you're talking about bonds, promissory notes, debt instruments, whatever we've been using to talk about financial markets for hundreds of years now, insider trading is pretty well known and understood, right? You work at a company, you know some big news about that company. And so you sell against a public market or you buy against a public market because you know the company's quarter one financial report is going to be much bigger than the markets currently understand and you can make a pretty penny by buying low and selling high or vice versa and we understand that that's a problem on the markets although different economists will argue about whether that is in fact the case but the law understands that it's a problem on the markets and that's easy enough to explain however when you start getting into blockchain cryptocurrency marketplaces what we're calling here crypto assets it gets a little bit more dicey and certainly more interesting to someone like me who's interested in technology and the law. But it also means that there are these ambiguities, these holes in what we understand the law to be right now, that Coinbase, the currency exchange market at issue here, is going to have a problem with by the time we get to the end. Now, what is this story today? A former Coinbase Global Incorporated employee and two other men were charged with wire fraud Thursday in what federal prosecutors called the first insider trading case involving cryptocurrency markets. An indictment unsealed in federal court in Manhattan alleged Ishan Wahi, a former product manager at cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase, his brother Nikhil Wahi, and friend Samir Ramani used confidential information to trade on crypto assets that Coinbase planned to list on its platform the defendant's illegal profits totaled about 1.5 million dollars prosecutors allege now that's not a good enough summary for me i don't know if it's a good enough summary for you i'm gonna go look with you all at the actual press release and portions of the indictment to talk about this a little more but for purposes of the article itself i think this is good enough our message with these charges is clear fraud is fraud is fraud whether it occurs on the blockchain or on Wall Street says Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Coinbase, on its side, says they take these allegations of improper use of company information very seriously, as demonstrated by our rapid investigation of this matter. More on that as we go along here, because when we're talking about who is defrauded, the answer might surprise you when we get to that portion of the indictment. And here is the press release about that indictment issued today by the Department of Justice, U.S. Attorney's Office, Southern District of New York. Three charged in first ever cryptocurrency insider trading tipping scheme, former Coinbase employee allegedly tipped his brother and friend regarding crypto assets that were going to be listed on Coinbase exchanges. Damian Williams, the United States Attorney, along with the FBI, announced today the unsealing of an indictment. So they had to do this through a grand jury. And now they are unsealing what that indictment was so that they can talk about it with us ishan Wahi and nikhil Wahi brothers were arrested this morning samir Ramani, the friend was also charged today but remains at large u.s attorney davian williams said today's charges are further reminder that web 3 is not a law-free zone and then the fbi assistant director michael j driscoll said although the allegations in this case relate to transactions made in a crypto exchange rather than a more traditional financial market they still constitute insider trading As alleged, the defendants made illegal trades in at least 25 different crypto assets and realized ill-gotten gains totaling approximately $1.5 million. Now, as we've talked about in terms of structure here, and you'd hear this in law school if you were to go there uh, as well, it's important to note that assertions like this one from the FBI are just that. They are assertions. What we're talking about today are allegations. They're an indictment. None of this is done yet. They've just been arrested. So all of these are things that are being asserted by these legal uh, authorities But they aren't necessarily true which is one of the issues that coinbase has right talking about what happened here whether it specifically is about securities what that insider trading looks like and because the laws on all of this stuff are old we've got wire fraud statutes we've got securities fraud statutes we're gonna be looking at in this video these are simply asserting that they apply to the modern assets when that's more open to discussion but It presents a very very interesting state of affairs you can see i've highlighted a lot here uh, because in all honesty this is a document that is very kind of well and efficiently drafted that only talks about the salient points at all relevant times coinbase was one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world coinbase users could acquire exchange and sell various crypto assets through online user accounts with coinbase Periodically, Coinbase added new crypto assets to those that could be traded through its exchange, and the market value of crypto assets typically significantly increased after Coinbase announced that it would be listing a particular crypto asset. Accordingly, Coinbase kept such information strictly confidential and prohibited its employees from sharing that information with others, including by providing a quote-unquote tip to any person who might trade based on that information. So, Coinbase is a big exchange. You can think of it like the New York Stock Exchange, if that's helpful in terms of understanding what's happening here. They're a big exchange. And when they allow something here called a crypto asset to be exchanged on their marketplace, that tends to increase the price of that asset because liquidity and availability of trading is important when you're trying to value anything whether that's a security or anything else, the ability to sell it openly and easily is something that's going to raise its intrinsic value, at least on some parameters. So Coinbase, very popular, lots of people use Coinbase. And if you happen to know which crypto assets out there in the world, I am will set in the ether, but that would be a problem for this conversation. We'll get there. Out in the world are going to be put on this marketplace. Well, then you could make a pretty penny, just like we talked about with insider trading in more traditional markets, by buying up those assets before they're otherwise traded on the exchange. Beginning in approximately October 2020, Ishan Wahi worked at Coinbase as a product manager assigned to a Coinbase asset listing team. In that role, Ishan Wahi was involved in the highly confidential process of listing crypto assets on Coinbase's exchange and had detailed and advanced knowledge of which crypto assets Coinbase was planning to list and the timing of public announcements about those crypto asset listings. Beginning at least in August 2021 and continuing through May of 2022, Ishan Wahi was a member of a private Coinbase messaging channel reserved for a small number of Coinbase employees with direct involvement in the Coinbase asset listing process. The private channel was used to discuss, among other things, exact announcements, launch dates, and timelines that Coinbase did not wish to share with all of its employees. So here, this is important because they're trying to establish that this was information that Coinbase was trying to keep confidential and proprietary, that it was important to what they were providing, a fair and open market to their customers, that this kind of information not get out and that its own employees didn't otherwise make money on this kind of thing. From the video game side of things, you might remember that we did a story on an electronic arts employee that was otherwise engaged in various malfeasance with respect to the, I believe it was FIFA Ultimate Team cards and how that can cause a problem. It could cause a problem like this, in all honesty, wire fraud, but we'll get there. Now, what was the scheme? You could probably piece it together just from the information put forth in the background, but... On at least 14 occasions, beginning at least in June 2021 and continuing through April of 2022, Ishan Wahi knew in advance both that Coinbase planned to list particular crypto assets and the timing of Coinbase's public announcements of those asset listings and misappropriated that Coinbase confidential information by tipping either his brother, Nikhil Wahi or Ishan Wahi's friend and associate, Samir Rahmani, so that they could place profitable trades in those crypto assets in advance of Coinbase's public listing announcement. After getting tips from Ishan Wahi, Nikhil Wahi, and Ramani used anonymous Ethereum blockchain wallets to acquire crypto assets shortly before Coinbase publicly announced that it was listing or considering listing those crypto assets on its exchanges. Here's where somebody will put in the comments that the logo on the thumbnail to this video is actually a Bitcoin and not Ether or Ethereum related, and you got me. I like that picture better, and it's still a cryptocurrency at the end of the day. Following Coinbase public listing announcements, Nikhil Wahi and Romani sold the crypto assets for a profit. They bought these things that they knew were going to go on this marketplace that is very popular. When they went on that marketplace, they inflated in value and they sold them into market at that inflated value. Based on confidential information provided by Ishan Wahi, Nikhil Wahi and Ramani, collectively traded shortly in advance of at least 14 separate Coinbase public listing announcements concerning at least 25 different crypto assets. As a result of the insider trading scheme, Nikhil Wahi and Ramani collectively generated realized and unrealized gains, those are tax terms, totaling at least approximately $1.5 million. They made a million and a half bucks on doing this particular thing over the course of not a long period of time, June 2021 to April 2022, less than a year. They made $1.5 million just moving this information and buying these assets around. Allegedly, right? These are all accusations in this document, uh, and they'll have to move forward with this particular claim against these three individuals. To conceal their purchases of crypto assets in advance of Coinbase listing announcements, Nikhil Wahi and Ramani used accounts at centralized exchanges held in the names of others, and transferred funds, crypto assets, and proceeds of their scheme through multiple anonymous Ethereum blockchain wallets. Nikhil Wahi and Ramani also regularly created and used new Ethereum blockchain wallets without any prior transaction history in order to further conceal their involvement in the scheme. Now, if you aren't used to talking about cryptocurrency, and frankly, I don't talk about cryptocurrency a lot, some of that might have gone past your head. But suffice it to say, what we're talking about here are assets of some kind. Right, if we were to dive into the uh, indictment, we would see that one of the assets that they got in front of was something called Tribe. And Tribe describes itself as an Ethereum token that governs the Fae protocol, which issues a separate decentralized stablecoin called FEI that attempts to maintain a value of US $1. Tribe can be used to vote for Fae protocol upgrades and to adjust FEI stablecoin monetary policy. No? No clearer? Well, we can back up another step because Ethereum tokens are described by Coinbase as follows. They are simply digital assets that are being built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. They benefit from Ethereum's existing infrastructure instead of developers having to build an entirely new blockchain. We can maybe think of this as uh, an operating system, or uh, I think they also describe it as an app store uh, in Coinbase's own documents, but not an app store that is controlled by anyone, Ethereum being decentralized. They also strengthen the Ethereum ecosystem by driving demand for Ether, the native currency of Ethereum needed to power the smart contracts. And Ethereum is a platform that can be used to create any arbitrary smart contract, including smart contracts that represent digital assets called Ethereum tokens. Ethereum tokens can themselves then represent anything from a physical object like gold to a native currency used to pay transaction fees. And then they give two different crypto asset designations there. And then they're very careful. They say in the future, tokens may even be used to represent financial instruments like stocks and bonds. And if you're paying attention at home, those are securities. Those are very specifically securities as defined by the law. We, of course, have a Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, where we talk about things like stocks and bonds. And one of the things that Coinbase wants to make very clear and will and does want to make very clear with respect to what's happening today is that the assets in question were not securities. The SEC disagrees. We're going to talk about that. Are often, tokens are often issued to the public through a crowd sale called an initial coin offering. The creators of the token will issue the token to others in exchange for Ether and sometimes Bitcoin and other digital currencies. And it is the way that you can make a ton of money if you know when asset offerings are going to happen. Now, we then get a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more airport thriller, Ishan wahi's attempt to flee the United States. On April 11th, 2022, Coinbase announced that it was considering potentially listing dozens of crypto assets on its exchanges. Based on Coinbase confidential information provided by Ishan Wahi, Ramani caused multiple anonymous Ethereum blockchain wallets to purchase large quantities of at least six of the crypto assets that were to be included in Coinbase's April 11th, 2022 listing announcement. So Coinbase says, hey, we're gonna do a really big series of announcements here. They're all gonna be up on the exchange. And Ishan Wahi apparently leaks that to his friend, Ramani. Ramani buys, well, perhaps a little too much. It's always when you get greedy criminals. Shortly after Ramani traded in advance of Coinbase's April 11th listing announcement on April 12th, 2022, a Twitter account that is well known in the crypto community tweeted regarding an Ethereum blockchain wallet that bought hundreds of thousands of dollars of tokens exclusively featured in the Coinbase asset listing post about 24 hours before it was published. The trading activity referenced in the April 12th tweet was the trading caused by Romani. Coinbase thereafter publicly replied on Twitter, noting that it had already begun investigating the matter, and a few weeks later stated in a public blog post that any Coinbase employee who leaked confidential company information would be immediately terminated and referred to the relevant authorities, potentially, for criminal prosecution. On May 11th, 2022, about a month later, Coinbase's director of security operations emailed Ishan Wahi to inform him that he should appear for an in-person meeting relating to Coinbase's asset listing process at Coinbase's Seattle, Washington office on Monday, May 16th, 2022. Ishan Wahi confirmed he would would attend the meeting, surely. Of course, if you're doing what this individual is accused of doing and you get that particular message from your director of security operations, maybe you're not going to show up at that meeting. And that is, in fact, the decision that Mr. Wahi is alleged to have made. On the evening of Sunday, May 15th, 2022, Ishan Wahi purchased a one-way flight to India that was scheduled to depart the next day shortly before Ishan Wahi was supposed to be interviewed by Coinbase. Prior to boarding the flight, Ishan Wahi falsely told Coinbase employees that he had already departed for India when he had not. And in the hours between booking the flight and his scheduled departure, Ishan Wahi called and texted Nikhil Washi and Ramani about Coinbase's investigation and sent both of them a photograph of the messages he had received on May 11th from Coinbase's Director of Security Operations. Prior to boarding the May 16th, 2022 flight to India, Ishan Wahi was stopped by law enforcement and prevented from leaving the country. And that is where our tale concludes as described here by the Department of Justice. Now, what were these individuals charged with? Not securities fraud. They were charged with two counts of wire fraud conspiracy, the planning that goes into wire fraud, and two counts of wire fraud. Uh, The others were done on one count each uh, for purposes of this particular complaint. They also wanted to point out that they thank Coinbase Global for its cooperation with the investigation. Now, you might be asking yourself, as I said, who exactly was defrauded here? Right. If they stake this information from Coinbase, they go and they make some money. The people that were buying into the market at that point in time are willing to pay that price for the crypto assets in question. What exactly is the complaint? And that's where things get a little bit interesting. So what is wire fraud? Right. We turn to 18 U.S.C. 1343, as I I know you all knew already, that says whoever having devised or intending to devise any scheme or artifice to defraud, transmits or causes to be transmitted by means of wire, which we will include as the internet per the Supreme Court of the United States, communication in interstate or foreign commerce, any writing, signs, signals, pictures, or sounds for the purpose of executing such scheme or artifice shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. Wire fraud. You use the internet to deceive, usually for some material gain on your part. Overall, That's not a law that really explains what it is that we're looking at in any given instance. It's one of the reasons why wire fraud is used so often by the federal government is that it is flexible. Here, they used apps, they used their phones, they used the internet to take information from Coinbase and make money off of it, which if we actually dive into the indictment is exactly what they're accused of. Here, I promised that we'd reference Tribe. They also go over all these other ones, X, Y, O, A-L-C-X, Gala, E-N-S, Power, uh, all as crypto assets that this was done on, big collections of them in April. And we keep scrolling down past the first 20 paragraphs to get to what they're actually accused of. So first we start with the conspiracy to commit wire fraud. From at least in or about July, 2021, up to and including in or about May, 2022, in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere, Ishan Wahi and Nikhil Wahi, the brothers, and others known and unknown, willfully and knowingly did combine, conspire, confederate, and agree together and with each other to commit wire fraud. It was a part and object of their conspiracy that Ishan Wahi and Nikhil Wahi and others known and unknown, knowingly having devised and intending to devise a scheme and artifice to defraud and for obtaining money and property by means of false and fraudulent pretenses, representations, and promises would and did transmit and cause to be transmitted by means of wire and radio communication in interstate and foreign commerce, writing signs, signals, pictures, and sounds for the purpose of executing such scheme and artifice. That's in violation of the law that we just read. They prepped for this thing. And so you can accuse them. You can charge them with conspiring. The second charge, exactly the same as the first, just with a different coupling, Ishan Wahi and Samir Ramani. And then we get into what the wire fraud actually is. Who is defrauded here? Right? Allegations are hereby repeated from at least in or about July 2021 up to and including at least in or about May 2022 in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere. Ishan Wahi and Nikhil Wahi, the defendants. Knowingly having devised and intending to devise a scheme and artifice to defraud and for obtaining money and property by means of false and fraudulent pretenses, representations, and promises transmitted and caused to be transmitted by means of wire and radio communication in interstate and foreign commerce, writing, signs, signals, pictures, and sounds for the purpose of executing such scheme and artifice. So, the same thing we just read the law is not an efficient beast when it comes to writing these kinds of documents. But here's the explanation to wit. Ishan Wahi and Nikhil Wahi participated in a scheme to deprive Coinbase of its exclusive use of confidential business information related to Coinbase's plans to list certain crypto assets on its exchanges by converting that information to their own use and relying on it to engage in profitable trades in crypto assets in breach of Ishan Wahi's duties of trust and confidence to Coinbase. So who is defrauded here? It's not an accusation that the market was defrauded or that individual investors were defrauded. This effectively all rests on a federal criminal complaint that an employee absconded with business trade secrets for their own devices and are chargeable under wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. This sounds like it may well be true and applicable for purposes of this indictment and these charges. However, we do have to note that that's not exactly what the wire fraud concepts and other things like insider trading were entirely designed around preventing. So here we have a very special kind of circumstance because I would argue they don't have a clear tie to the securities laws. Now, that's not going to prevent the SEC from acting, which is what we're going to talk about next. So Coinbase reacts to all this and says, following allegations of front running of certain assets ahead of a company announcement, our legal security special investigations and global intelligence teams immediately launched an internal investigation into the matter. In the course of our investigation, we identified three suspects, a Coinbase employee who we believe had violated our global digital asset trading policy, their policies and procedures, and two individuals not employed by Coinbase who we believe he was working with. Once we collected sufficient information to be confident in our suspicions, we provided that information about these individuals to the DOJ and terminated our employee. On July 21st, 2022... That's today. The DOJ criminally charged these individuals with committing wire fraud and wire fraud conspiracy in connection with misusing Coinbase confidential information about asset listings. We appreciate the DOJ's recognition of our help in holding these individuals accountable, and we take allegations of improper use of our information very seriously. But we understand that the SEC has separately filed securities fraud charges relating to this wrongdoing today. The DOJ did not charge securities fraud. No assets listed on our platform are securities, because that presents a whole host of problems that the SEC would be very interested in. And the SEC charges are an unfortunate distraction from today's appropriate law enforcement action. We're happy with the Department of Justice. We're not happy with the SEC. Why? Because the SEC implies that Coinbase has many, many, many more problems than are just apparent today. Washington, D.C., July 21st, 2022. The Securities and Exchange Commission today announced insider trading charges against a former Coinbase product manager, his brother and his friend, for perpetrating a scheme to trade ahead of multiple announcements regarding certain crypto assets that would be made available for trading on the Coinbase platform. We're not concerned with labels, but rather the economic realities of an offering, said Gerber S. Grewal, director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. In this case, those realities affirm that a number of the crypto assets at issue were securities, hopefully all of them for purposes of their criminal complaint, since the SEC only has jurisdiction over securities. I know this might come as a shock. The Securities and Exchange Commission really only has power over securities. And as alleged, the defendants engaged in typical insider trading ahead of their listing on Coinbase. Rest assured, we'll continue to ensure a level playing field for investors, regardless of the label placed on the securities involved. As today's case demonstrates, whether in equities, options, crypto assets, or other securities. So all of these Are in the framework, the bucket, as claimed by the SEC right now. And this hasn't been adjudicated at all that everything that we just described, crypto assets included, are securities. We will vindicate our mission by identifying and combating insider trading in securities wherever we see it. The SEC's complaint, filed in federal district court in Seattle, Washington, charges Ishan Wahi, Nikhil Wahi, and Ramani with violating the anti fraud provisions of the securities laws and seeks permanent injunctive relief, disgorgement of profits, give our money back, with prejudgment interest and civil penalties in a parallel action. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York today announced criminal charges with the FBI and the Department of Justice. That's what we just read about. So the SEC moves at the same time in Washington, and that's interesting in and of itself, but Coinbase isn't having it, right? We read their updates. None of this is securities, and they might be right, they might be wrong. In the United States, we're not great about defining securities, right? And this is something that Coinbase points out in their petition to have the SEC regulate their industry, which is interesting in and of itself. But it also is a good sample for what the main test is here. We call it the Howey test because that was the name of the court case that brought this test. And in the SEC rules in the Exchange Act, in these various places that cover how securities are to be bought and sold in the United States. There is the notion that when we're defining securities, it's stocks, it's bonds, sure. It's also investment contracts and quote unquote, any note, which is a little bit tricky to interpret. So the courts have done that for us over a long period of time. Howie is actually from 1946, a little bit before the blockchain. And they say investment contracts which will be deemed securities, and this is where almost all of the big modern grabbing of things into the securities definition actually falls, involve all of the following. An investment of money, check. In a common enterprise, maybe. Made with a reasonable expectation of profits, sure. And based predominantly upon the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of the promoter or other third parties, right? So when you think about this, what is a security? It's when you give somebody money and you're not active in its value and it goes up or down based on somebody doing something, entrepreneurial or managerial efforts. Uh, And so is that these assets? Is it all of these assets? Are they by virtue of being a crypto asset automatically securities? Or do we have to dive a level deeper to understand what it is that they do, right? And we can go back to how Coinbase is actually discussing this, right? When we look at this, they're very careful to say these represent gold that's a commodity that's a thing uh they represent native currency to pay transaction fees in the future they might even represent securities stocks and bonds now your mileage may vary as to whether you think what coinbase is doing right now is operating as a securities market or not they differ And that's where things get wild, because as I said, the Securities and Exchange Commission does have these rules anti-fraud. It shall be unlawful for any person to use or employ in connection with the purchase or sale of a security whether it's registered or not, any manipulative or deceptive device. This is where insider trading lives. They made a whole rule about it, which we've discussed a lot in virtual legality, called 10B5. This is where you say you're not allowed to make materially false statements or otherwise forget to say something that people would find important. This is one of the things we're discussing at length in the kind of thing we're talking about with respect to Elon Musk and Twitter. Are untrue statements made in their representations? Did they omit to state something material? Why are we talking about an SEC rule in that context? Because a lot of merger agreements borrow this language because it's deemed to be fulsome to cover every aspect that you'd want to cover in these kinds of concepts. So this language appears in the representations and warranties of the Twitter merger agreement. It all comes together all the time. But in each case, the SEC is bound by things related to the sale of a security. Did this involve the sale of a security? Coinbase doesn't think so, and more to the point, launching today at the same time that they've got major employee security and leaked information issues, what they go out with is a request, as I mentioned, for the SEC to regulate them. Coinbase filed a petition asking the SEC to begin rulemaking on digital asset securities. They also went out to places like Fortune, with headlines like Coinbase says the SEC's lack of clear digital securities rules is a huge missed opportunity." So they have all of these blog posts, all of this discussion, and basically what they say about the Howey test is as follows. It is often difficult to determine what a jurist was thinking when they drafted a given piece of law. Not sure that jurist is the right word there. That's usually judges. But I think it is reasonable to assume that none of the authors who drafted these security statutes from the 1930s or the subsequent Supreme Court tests interpreting those statutes did so while thinking of a day when a decentralized, cryptographically based, automated financial instrument would be adopted en masse by millions of people in the United States and around the world. Put simply, when these authors were writing rules to regulate square pegs, they did not account for how those rules would impact the unpredictable round holes of the future. We need regulation so that we can figure out what the heck are securities. Lack of regulation for the subset of crypto assets that are securities. What are they? Help us with definitions. Help us understand how we can comply. And we have a problem that blockchain technology is not able under the current rules to be used as a reliable record of transactions, even though... That's, that's what we do. That's our business model. We'd really like it to remain legal. We think it's legal right now. SEC, could you help us out? So interestingly, and I have to say, I at least respect the hustle here. Coinbase has taken this article from the Wall Street Journal and others like it that really are a major PR problem for the company and decided to spin it into articles. This says that it's about Coinbase, but it's actually written by their own guy here. If we scroll down to the bottom of the Fortune article, we see... This is Coinbase's chief policy officer. He also wrote the blog post uh, and basically copies himself in both of these places and says, hey, we need to be regulated. We have some recommendations. Right? I skipped this. I went right down to the Howie test. But this is their 30-page recommendations to the SEC saying that we need to be regulated. Here's how it should be done. This is an attempt at regulatory capture uh, to actually make the rules themselves that they think will benefit themselves in the market. Not that that's necessarily wrong in the context of a specific petition here, uh, but it is a very interesting thing. So if you've already got feelings on cryptocurrency or, heck, NFTs or other blockchain related things, you're probably not too terribly surprised by all of this. But it is interesting from a legal perspective to really dive in and analyze whether or not the Department of Justice is in good stead with what they said on this, whether the SEC is, and whether they should be. I think we can all look at the narrative that was presented by the Department of Justice and say, yeah, something's probably wrong there. That's something that the laws should regulate. But that doesn't mean that they presently do. And that's part of the story as well, as Coinbase is using to try to leverage this story from a negative into a positive. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy these kinds of conversations about the business and law of technology, video games, cryptocurrencies, and more please consider supporting the channel. We cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. We've got a wonderful place to support us at Utreon. Most of the money that goes to that will come directly to us. Or if you just prefer Patreon because you've been there longer, or you're just more familiar with that platform, we also have a Patreon available as well. If you don't like either of those options, please consider just subscribing, ringing the bell, upvoting, downvoting, leaving comments, engaging with other comments, and doing all the nice things that YouTube likes to let them know that you are enjoying the content here on the Hoaglaw YouTube channel. Otherwise,